You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we're continuing our weekly shir on recovery in the Torah and the Torah of recovery with the light revealed. And we're going to focus on an element that we've touched upon in nearly every talk that we've given, but ultimately so much of it is rooted in the Parsha of Yisro itself. And that is the secret of Yisro representing the darkness that comes to admit to the light. Moshe Rabbeinu Klal Yisrael experience Hashem's relationship with Klal Yisrael Hashem's revelation in our lives, that is where Hashem is revealed. That is where all of the positive synonyms that we associate with life going the way that we expected and wanted to go, all of that is the realm of Moshe, all of that is associated with our conception of Hashem revealing himself in this world, the light of this world, the ease of this world. That is all associated with the portion of Moshe, with the portion of the Torah. And then there's the element of Yisro. Yisro and the name itself hints to the true nature of what he represents, which is that Yisro is that which appears extra, that which appears outside of the realm of significance, that which appears to be beyond the pale of what can be deemed as valuable. It also represents those elements in our lives which we see as incidental, those insignificant moments of meaninglessness or boredom that we feel lethargy in. It also contains within itself the difficult situations, those things that we look at and we say, this is not the purpose of life. This pain, this difficulty, this engagement with reality, this processing, this feeling human, this intensity, all of the different elements of the, the left side of experience, so to speak. We tend to look at those and say, those do not fit within the framework of my spiritual connectivity. And when those stages are taking place, I am no longer engaged with my spiritually connected mind because now I'm functioning in a space of that which exists outside of spirituality. Yisro is the secret of that which appears to be distant and outside the circle of emuna and faith and connectivity in truth, brings itself closer out of its own recognition of the truth and the validity of goodness. Meaning that darkness is not simply something that exists side by side with light and it ignores the light and the light ignores the darkness, but rather the darkness is something that will eventually be revealed to have been part and parcel of the light. And not only that, but it will come to recognize it on its own. The secret of Yisro is the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that comes out in our lives, in the world, in reality, specifically when that which appeared to have previously been absent from the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, removed from the circle of connectivity, distanced from the light of significance, comes along and reveals itself to have always already been part of the desire towards significance, and it joins within the circle of goodness that existed prior to, thereby making it far greater and more expansive. 
Because before Yisro, before darkness, before difficulty comes and admits to the light and recognizes that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is present, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is here, that I am here, that my higher power is here, that everything is okay, and that I function always in a state of all rightness, and a beseiderkite, a shivayon of an equanimity that recognizes to the left, to the right, up, down, good, bad, difficult, everything is okay. In that mindset, of Moshe Rabbeinu, when Yisro comes in and all of the difficulties are now going to be seen in the light of significance, and that the thing that seemed to have been pushing against the value of spirituality in my life is in truth the very thing that's coming to join the desire towards spirituality in my life, and the difficult is now transformed into also a meeting place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that magnifies, that doubles, that adds, it creates a, a an additional adornment, a supplement that adds to something that was not missing. It's the koyach of adding. Yisro came along and added that even that which appeared to be outside of significance is significant. And that is where Yisro comes from. Yisro is the secret of the difficulty or the feeling being revealed to also be the place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now this bears a profound level of significance when we view our lives both from a perspective of the past and how we narrate our past to ourselves, as well as in the present moment. Because when we narrate our past, what we tend to see is a split narrative between good and bad, between ugly and beautiful, between fixed and broken, between having and not having, and all of the different binary oppositions that litter our experience and create that tornness that never seems to be sewed back together. And when we look back at our narrative, in spite of most of it being covered over by the sands of forgetfulness, nevertheless, most of the narrative structure is a split between good and bad, and this goes back all the way to when we were emergent as children and the way that we developed our perception of caretakers in this world, and if we learned to develop the perspective of something being good enough, then we learn that there's really only unity, but when we get stuck between good and bad and we create a split, so the self remains torn at the very foundation of itself, always assuming this was good and this was bad, this was significant and this was insignificant. And I look back on my life and I say there were Moshe moments and there were Yisro moments. There were meaningful moments and there were meaningless moments. And that fills the mind with resentment, with frustration, with sadness over missed opportunities and a life that is worthless and meaningless, et cetera, et cetera. But when we are able to really reflect on the fact that even the elements that seem distant from me, even the moments of mindlessness, even the parts of my life that didn't seem to fit directly within the, the neat narrative structure of what I imagined, those are also part of the story. Those deviations, not only are they also part of the story, but very often they're the very force that gives the story its, its vitality. That's the motivational space, the descent of the character into the struggle, into the difficulty in order to find themselves once again. That's the deviation. That's Yisro. That's the outside. That's Kayan. That's the parts of ourselves that feel intense. They're also part of the story. They're a fundamental part of the story. And when we look back on our lives from a perspective of unity, we look back on yesterday, we look back on the next moment, on the previous moment from a perspective of unity, so then instead of seeing a splitness, we'll see a two-ness that is revealing a unity, that Yisro also reveals HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yisro also comes to declare the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Everything declares the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nothing that's not declaring the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nothing that's not preparing itself to reveal itself to me as a stepping stone to reach higher to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if I approach every moment, of especially my reflection on the past, with this mindset that Yisro and Moshe, both of them are connected and the darkness comes and reveals that it too wants to be Mekusher to the light, it too wants to enter into the circle of light because the darkness realizes that it's only been a stepping stone and a motivational space where light can reveal itself with more ferocity and more force in the secret of the Gvuros and Kayin and Yisro and all of the Gvulim and the outside of the circle, etc., etc., 
So there's going to be there's going to be a covered shemayim that comes specifically when that which was previously distant comes close an even higher level of kavod than something that has always been close. This is the secret of the Balchuva who stands in a place where the true tzaddik can't stand because they bring about more of an intensification and a desire to run forward with a surge of energy and, and a movement inwards with ferocity because it's motivated out of running away from something, coming away from a place of darkness, coming away from a place of struggle and realizing how urgent every moment of light, light is. In that motivational space, when we include and integrate the difficult experience into the framework of a meaningful experience, into the framework of Matan Torah, it's specifically there that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory is revealed even more, because now we suddenly come to find ourselves as fully contained by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no experience that is not experienced within the framework of my higher power. The elasticity of my amuna dictates that whatever I am experiencing must, by definition, be taking place within the framework of the faith that offers me comfort and within the framework of spirituality that offers me a path forward in my life. There is nothing that can take place that will shatter that circle. And once a person acknowledges that, then the circle expands itself to contain everything that seems to be opposite the circle. On a practical level, in spite of the fact that this is profoundly practical, orienting ourselves towards how to look at reality is one of the most practical things that a person can do. And even five minutes a day of orienting ourselves to what the tzaddikim say, we can really begin to see the underlying frame, the invisibility that is at the heart of all visible experiences begins to shift and we begin to have a different perspective. We begin to cleanse our eyes. We begin to see differently. We begin to see the world through a lens of even that which appeared to be distant is also included within significance. The light of Shabbos, the light of Gam Zulatova, the light of Gam Charvon Ezacharlatov, the light of all of difficulty being revealed to be part and parcel of an unfolding unity. But what, how did Yisro do this? So Rabbi Nachman has a teaching on the Pasad, V'yached Yisro Eskolatoiva. V'yached Yisro Eskolatoiva, and Yisro recognized all the goodness. Yisro recognized all the goodness. Now, first and foremost, what motivated Yisro to actually come and allow himself to be included and to be integrated into goodness? What allows the difficult experience, the resentment, to offer itself up to now being undone in the light of clarity of mind and a forgiving spirit that sees everything as being part and parcel of a singular expression of a Kaddish Baruch in my life? So first and foremost, Rashi at the beginning, at the outset, recognizes the splitness that Yisro is coming from, because prior to Yisro actually coming, there is a distinction between the Torah and Amalek. The Torah is Matan Torah, the goodness in our lives, and Amalek is the difficulty in our lives, the opposite of Matan Torah. And Rashi is clearly stating that it's not clear what Yisro heard in order to decide that it was time to bring difficulty and reveal that it's part and parcel of goodness, to elevate this part of my life into goodness. What was the motivating factor? Now, prior to coming close to Moshe and realizing that I can add myself into the circle of Kedusha and every element of my life can now be seen through the lens of meaningfulness and significance, including this moment right now. So then we're still operating in a place of Yisro hearing two different things. There's two voices. There's the voice of Matan Torah and there's the voice of Amalek. There's the good and there's the bad. There's the top and there's the bottom. There's the tornness of those things. But in encountering the tornness of those things, Yisro realizes there are winning moments and there are losing moments. There are strikes and there are gutters. There's a Matan Torah and there's a Misa of Amalek. Both of those experiences are going to be expressed in a person's life. 
one can hear either one of those. One can receive the Torah from on top of the mountain, or one can receive the Torah from the bottom of the mountain, as we've spoken about. One receives it from a Yichud Ilah perspective of Matan Torah, or one receives it from a Yichud Tata perspective of Maisa Amalek. We receive the Torah in the heights, and we receive the Torah in the depths. And Yisrael heard one of these two things, because it doesn't matter what the orientation is. It doesn't matter what the motivating factor is that allows me to now contemplate this thing that until now I've assumed was outside the realm of my connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, outside the realm of my goodness, I don't have to say that that motivation to include it now and reflect on it through a lens of positivity only comes about when it's a good thing or only comes about when it's a bad thing. It can be a good thing or a bad thing. Whenever a person is noisen yam bederach and allows their mind to look at whatever is taking place in their lives and allow ourselves to look at something with enough attention and vulnerability to want to recognize the difficulty separate ourselves from the difficulty so that we can actually objectify it and look at it as something other than a stain on the self, which is a shame orientation rather than a guilt orientation, which allows me to fix something. And then to finally go through the process of elevating that thing. It doesn't matter what pushes me towards that place. It doesn't matter what motivates the process of havdala and hamtaka, of minimizing something, separating myself from something so that it can ultimately elevate it. This is all of the things that Yisro does in order for that which appears to be difficult in our lives to be re-included back into Kedusha. So it doesn't matter whether it's Matan Torah, whether it's Maisa Malik, it doesn't matter what motivates that moment of negativity to be included back within the realm of positivity. Whatever a person experiences is an opportunity to be makasher to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bein Latoiv, Bein Lara. Whether it's bein toiva metiv or bein barach dayanemes, a person walks two paths in this world, which are a singular path, and the two elements of those paths is what the Balatanya says, based on the Zohar Kadosh, is that a yid has to live with bechia takua meliba misetrada, vechedva takua beliba misetrada. That a yid has to live with the two paths of joy and contemplation that leads to an understanding of anivus and shiflus and and the 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 lack of self, the lack of self, the the minimization of self. And he has to learn to walk the path of Matan Torah and Maisa Malik and to utilize both of those opportunities to be a moment where I decide to include this thing that until now has been a splinter in my mind because it doesn't fit into my framework of faith. How do I re-include it right now? And the avoida that Yisro does is Vayachid Yisro is Rabbi Nachman says that Yisro saw all of the different pratim, all of the different elements of his life, all of the different ups and downs and judgments and experiences and all of the manifold pluralizations of encounters and all of the buzzing of the mind and all of its different zramim and manifestations, all of the fluidity of the self and all of its complexity. And he operated in a place where all of those pratim, all of those things were separate. There was a scatteredness. There was a, a disintegration of information and that formation began to split apart. And it was a world of chaos. It was a world of there's moments of Matan Torah, there's moments of Maisa Amalik. But through the attunement of his ear, through Yisro hearing that secret silent call that emanates from the heart of each person, which is shuvu banim shayvavim, that let me return back to the path of recognizing that that which is difficult is also obviously good because because everything is good and that there's nothing that's outside of the realm of my spiritual process. So at that point, Yisro was viachid Yisro's kolatoiva. He took all of the pratim, all of the separation, all of the plurality of experience, all of the apparent distinctions, and he unified it. He brought it back to a singular place, and he recognized that everything is coming from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Everything. How do I know? Where do I know this from? What do I know? None of that actually matters other than the hachlata sadas and the mesiris nefesh and the offering of myself up to this fundamental and unbreakable idea that everything is unified. Don't ask me how. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter 
matter even if it's true. It's so true it doesn't have to be true because even the notion of not true is included within it. It's the secret that everything is unified. That is the mindset of Yisrael. Everything. I start my day with the recognition that everything that happens today is going to be an encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It doesn't mean to hyperventilate over each encounter for its hidden significance. It doesn't mean to struggle with figuring out the, the, the valid explanation of why this or that happens. It, rather, it means an attunement of the self of a Yishma Yisro, an attunement, a willingness to listen to that head cold, that echo that emanates from the self, which says, elevate this experience, find Hashem in this experience. We come to it because it's the only way we can survive, and we come to it because it's the most sublime and beautiful thing that one can ever possibly imagine doing. We come to it from on top of the mountain, and we come to it from the bottom of the mountain. We come to it from the Matan Torah, and we come to it from the Maisa Amalek. And the ultimate secret that we have to understand is V'yachid Yisro, as Koyil that Yisro looked at his life, and he said, I am also part of the good. And at that place, the good opens up wide and allows any anything that seems to have been in opposition to it, and it welcomes it with open arms. And not only that, but that difficult experience becomes the crowning jewel of the human being's experience. Yisro gets a Parsha named after him. Yisro expands the Torah itself because the elevated light that comes from a person who moves through darkness and concealment and reveals, not only that can I get out of the darkness and concealment, but that I drag the darkness and concealment into the circle and force the circle to dance with it. I force joy to dance with sadness so that sadness becomes the motivating factor that forces me into the urgency of joy in this moment. And that's the secret of Yisro, that's the secret of Matan Torah, that's the secret of being above and below at once, the secret of whether it's a Matan Torah moment or whether it's a a Maisa Malik moment, but to find Hashem wherever we are, to find our higher power in the ups and the downs and the struggles and the process and the goal and all elements of the self and the Kayan and the Hevel and the acquisition and the impoverishment and every element of self to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. And through that, we can be Zaychet to the true recovery of ourselves in each and every moment, which is the emergence of the Mashiach within us to bring about the ultimate Mashiach The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.